Welcome to the Digital Profits Podcast, where you'll learn how to grow your business faster using paid traffic and SEO. Each episode will feature a breakdown of digital marketing trends and answers to your burning questions that will provide actionable takeaways to make your marketing better. So join us, Ben Page, Ray Sawbell, and Blake John, as we guide you on your journey to higher profits. Remember to join the Profit Squad at joinprofitsquad.com and get ready to profit in three, two, one. Hey squad, we've got a special episode for you today. I'm here with Blake John. Hey squad. And I'm Ben Page. So today we're going to answer common SEO questions and we're going to test out a more rapid fire format to get you the answers that you're looking for. And if you have any questions, let us know. Go to our website, sign up for the newsletter and hit reply and you can get in touch that way. So right away, Blake, let's jump right into it. Is SEO dead? Is SEO dead? I think we were thinking about what's the right question to lead off with. And this was the right question because if SEO is dead, the rest of this podcast wouldn't be worth having. (laughs) Yeah. So we're talking about SEO today and no, SEO is not dead. This is a common headline that you'll see all the time in digital marketing forums and like search engine land.com and whatnot, but it's absolutely not dead. We talk about it. I think in our last recording, there are billions of searches happening every single day and you can optimize for those searches, for those user queries, answer their questions and get in front of them and drive business through it. It's absolutely not dead. It's a viable digital marketing strategy. But isn't it true that there are more ads than ever? <laughs> yeah, which irks me to my soul. There are lots and lots of ads, yes. But at the end of the day, I mean, we still see it. Google organic search is still driving tons of traffic. And for a lot of our clients too, it's oftentimes one of their leading, it's it's generally speaking, it's either their top like business driving digital channel, which is, or it's its second biggest, which is usually if it is the second business, it's behind paid, but it's not like it's, it's a huge driver of business regardless in almost all scenarios. Yeah. It's a necessary and important part, which we've talked about a bit in past episodes, even with SGE generative experiences for search emerging zero click search results, emerging more ad saturation, emerging, changing search results, emerging despite all those factors, SEO is not dead. You still need to worry about it. You still need to invest in it is probably the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. I will add too, with all those, with AI and SGE and all those things coming up to me, that doesn't mean SEO is dying. It means SEO is just evolving. There's going to be new things we need to optimize for new tactics, new ways to sort of do SEO that we'll just have to figure out and get good at and optimize for. Agreed. Yeah. You need that strategist overseeing that evolution, you need the skills and the ability to implement within these new systems and frameworks. Next question, what metrics are most important in an SEO campaign? There are, I would say there's probably two and by two, well, really three. Okay. So there's sessions, which you'll get in Google analytics and specifically Google analytics Four now, which is just a measure of how many users come to your site and actually have like engage with your site and and do things, navigate around, click around, et cetera. There's also clicks, which is a metric you will get from Google search console, which will just measure really specifically how many times a user clicks on one of your organic listings in a Google search engine result page. So those are two like leading indicators of success in SEO. But then also, you know, kind of taking it down the pipeline, of course, revenue, 
and or leads are the kingpin of metrics. Like that's something that every SEO should be monitoring and paying attention to because at the end of the day, our goal is to improve your business. And we can't, we can't do really do that with just clicks and just sessions. There also has to be leads and revenue associated with that. Right on. So from the bottom up, increase in qualified leads, increase in sales. How do you get those? By increasing traffic to your website. So clicks to your website. How do you get those? By appearing in the search results pages, AKA impressions. Next question. Are reviews important for SEO? Yes, absolutely. Reviews are important for SEO. It's kind of funny. We, we were talking about just reviews and, and specifically, I think reviews are more important for local businesses, local SEOs. Think about roofers and plumbers and I don't know, real estate agents or whatever, what have you. They're important for the full gamut of businesses, I think. And really the reason why the same way that a user would sort of evaluate reviews and read reviews to determine whether or not they want to do business with you, like if they want to buy your product or they want to move forward with your service, whatever it is, Google evaluates those reviews to, to help kind of inform their rankings because Google really trusts the user's input and they have so much data and the more information that they can get from users and via reviews, the more confident they feel in serving you as the top result for a given query. So they're absolutely important. So reviews and SEO are akin to votes for your business. The more votes you have, the more confident people feel in choosing you. And search engines likewise look at that as a signal of confidence in ranking you in the future. All right. What is domain authority, also known as DA for short? Does it even matter? This is an interesting one. So domain authority, we'll just start there really quickly. Domain authority is, a, is actually a third-party metric, specifically by Moz kind of coined the term. Other tools have sort of created their own variation of domain authority, like SEMrush, I forget what they call it, but is it like page authority? I mean, it's the same, it's the same thing, but it's really, it measures a pages or a website's ability to rank. That's the way that Moz kind of talks about it and like what it is. And it's on a scale of one to 100 or zero to 100, actually, where 100 is excellent. Think like wikipedia.com <laughs> and then zero is really poor. Um, but the truth is it's, it, it's a third party metric. So it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Like, it's not something Google yes. evaluates, like objectively speaking. Exactly. And it's I an think, estimate of things by a third party. It's an estimate of things third parties think Google might use to look at perhaps the quality or authority of a given domain. Is that's that fair? That's exactly it. So the tricky part about this is that authority is a thing in SEO just generally authority, but domain authority, these third-party metrics are just sort of an assumption based on what they think, how Google is evaluating and measuring and how it all stacks up, but we don't actually know. And it's incredibly nuanced. And obviously Google has more data than any other software company or just anybody really in the world. So, but yeah, that one's tricky. I would say don't get caught up in domain authority and being like, oh, we need to push our domain authority from 29 to 30. We need to get 30 to if we want to rank. Like it's not really how it works. It's an outcome, not something to focus on as a result, like in PPC quality score. It's an outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of going back to the metrics we talked about, like the most important metrics, sessions, clicks, and revenue or leads. Domain authority would be near the bottom of the list of important metrics. Like it might not even make the list just as an example. Awesome. All right. How much does SEO cost? SEO and its price. This is something we actually talked about early in one of our earlier episodes, like episode three or something like that. Generally speaking, you can expect to pay for an agency anywhere between $1,000 and $5,000 per month. $1,000 is 
definitely on the lower end. 5,000 is probably on the higher end. It, it, it goes above that too. I've seen oh, yeah. contracts go well over that, but it's kind of like a general range. And I actually pulled up a metrics from a metric from Ahrefs. They said 28% of North American SEO agencies charge between $2,500 and $5,000. So that's kind of gives you a range. I think if most a quarter fall there, you might have some in the one to 2,500, you know, mm-hmm. 1,000 to 2,500. Then you get the, you know, higher up outliers, 7,500, 10K, 20K, whatever it might be. But just know too that the scope of those services may differ where some might include development, UX, CRO, analytics, reporting, content development, technical SEO, local SEO, e-commerce SEO. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a, a wide like variance in, in what is actually offered in an SEO contract and what an agency is capable of doing. And that's kind of why you get such a variable cost range. But I would say generally speaking, 3,000 is like a good three to 4,000 is probably a good number where most agencies would land. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And you're going to pay in terms of time or services. So this is maybe a rule of thumb using that stat if you're going to hire an agency and retain them. Um, But if you want to do it yourself or build a team, you can expect to pay in terms of writers to write the content and edit the content, designers to build page templates and change elements on the page, um, developers to make technical SEO updates and, and analysis, and creative individuals to produce graphics or videos and even even with AI involved, right? And then you're going to pay for all of the software and tools and subscriptions and raw assets that you need to, you know, really optimize and, and grow your site over time. Mm-hmm. So Blake, do exact match domains work? Should I just go out and buy digitalmarketingagencies.com or what, how does this work? So yeah, this is a funny one. So just to be clear, an exact match domain is a domain in which like your product or service is in your domain. So like we're a digital marketing agency. If we had digitalmarketingagency.com, that's an exact match domain. Google has said many times that it doesn't work. And I don't and I don't think like if you buy your exact match domain, you're just going to start ranking immediately right away. But honestly, in my personal experience, they've been surprisingly successful. But from what I've seen, I've seen websites that are compared to the competition, po- like pretty poor. They don't really stack up, but they have an exact match domain and they rank surprisingly well. So this one's, I think it's kind of up for debate truthfully on how they work. But I will say I would not go out and like base your brand on getting an exact match domain because one of the biggest downfalls of an exact match domain is that you kind of lose a brand. You don't have a brand. Like if we were digitalmarketingagency.com, it's like, well, what are you? Who are we now in the scope of all of this? Exactly. So it's a tricky one. I would say I wouldn't like lean on exact match domain as a sort of a core component of your strategy. Exactly. Yeah. And if there is an advantage, it's likely not an SEO ranking advantage, like from a, you know, like aligned with Google's statement, right? But it Mm -hmm. could be related to user behavior and just like from a branding element and then searching that. And, you know, like maybe there's just a unique way that it could benefit someone. I've also, to your point about from your speaking from experience, a lot of the exact match domains I've seen work well are old. It's true. You know, they were registered Mm -hmm. 10 15, 20 years ago, and they've just continued to kind of accumulate authority to kind of go back to that idea, that concept. Yeah. I think a lot of times early on when like the dot-com bubble really started, they were bought up so quick because that's where everyone was just sort of landed. Yeah. And as a result, like they've just sort of 
gotten just so much history associated with them, which is kind of a ranking factor and can sort Compound of impact interest. You know, we talked about domain authority can impact your authority, just like the total domain history. Age. Yeah, exactly. Are backlinks the most important thing in SEO? Another tricky one. And I wanted to include this one because it's truthfully, I, I find it to be like a really like a hot topic in SEO always. There will be some people that will tell you that you cannot rank without doing backlink building. They will just tell you flat face, it's not possible. Others will tell you that you don't need to do it at all. Like it doesn't matter. It or in, it's not worth your time. The field of dreams. Yeah, if you will, that they will come. I will land on the side leaning towards it's generally not worth your time. And I say that with a caveat and backlinks do have value. In my personal opinion, they're not the most important ranking factor. I think five to 10 years ago, they were, but things have sort of shifted and there's been a change in the way that Google evaluates content. It's gotten better at evaluating things like reviews and, and getting a, a better idea of the real world impact or usefulness. Yes, perhaps. exactly. Like the real world value of how you actually stand to customers and what you provide. It doesn't need to rely on backlinks quite as much, the, the algorithm I'm talking about. So backlinks are not the number one ranking factor, in my opinion. It's quality content. It's doing sort of all the right things in the right way, user experience, et cetera. Those are the more important. And that's what really you should be focusing on. Yeah, agreed. I fall into the same camp. Backlinks, almost the outcome. You should be producing quality, helpful, original content. You should be promoting that content. Mm -hmm. And if you do that well, backlinks will result naturally, Yeah, it and, seems. Yes. And those are absolutely the most beneficial backlinks, the one that's just sort of natural happen. Yeah. Or like organically. organically. Right? I will say too, though, like, and I don't want to backlink building can be an effective strategy. Oh yes. Like a hundred percent. Especially citation building. Um, but you've got to be careful about it. Exactly. You've got to be careful about it, how you do it. Cause there's definitely some spammy ways to go about it. And always think about your users, like the user perspective. If they were to find if you on another external website, like, does it make sense that you're even there? If it does make sense, then it's probably a worthwhile backlink and maybe you should pursue it. But more often don't, than not. Don't chase it just for the sake of having it. Exactly. And then you start to appear on spammy blog farm sites or whatever. Yeah. Right on. All right. How long does SEO take? This is, I think, maybe the most common question that I've ever gotten in my career. SEO is a long-term investment. And I think just as a general guideline, like two to six months is how long it really takes to sort of starting to start to see an impact from organic work. It, it can be, depending on a whole host of different factors and whatnot, it can be even longer. Generally, though, I would say really somewhere in that two-month to six month range is how long SEO takes before you start to see its impact. I also will mention too, it's kind of, it compounds. So like that, like, it's not like you're going to hit a ceiling and that's just where you are for the rest of time. Like generally speaking, you're going to see more and more growth as you continue to invest and um, continue to move forward with like a, a well-performing strategy. Hmm. All right, let's move into rapid fire SEO myths. So how about this one? Paid ads improve your SEO. This is a funny one. They don't improve your SEO. If you buy ads, you won't start ranking better because of it. I will say though, there can be some indirect benefits. Specifically, like you just have, like if you're paying for the number one sponsored ad, right? You kind of, it's kind of a, a little bit of a brand play in addition to like an acquisition play, right? You're getting your name out there. People are more familiar with you. They might see your, they might click on an ad and then remember your name. You're there on the website. They come back a week later and they search for your brand. They might not go to the domain itself. That would be an organic click then. If they, and if they completed a branded search and then clicked an organic link, at least it would be a branded, uh, or excuse me, it'd be an organic click. So there can be some indirect benefits, but no, paid ads don't impact rankings directly. Next one AI content can't rank. 
It can, which is crazy to say. I, I think even maybe two years ago, I would have said, no, never. It can't rank. It would be impossible, but it can. Um, and Google has, has made some unique comments that says, basically, we don't necessarily, and I'm paraphrasing what Google has said, but we don't necessarily care how the content is created as long as it's helpful and engaging and useful to the user. I will say too, I wouldn't just start going blasting AI content on your website. You use AI as sort of a beginning starting point and then curate that content to make it, again, useful and helpful for users. Duplicate content will get you penalized. It won't. There is no such thing as a duplicate content penalty, which is shocking to hear because I think people are scared of that very much so. But the truth is Google has made their stances that they advise against duplicate content, which is funny, but that's truly their stance. There is no actual penalty associated with duplicate content. The thing is, if you have duplicate content on your website, it makes it really difficult for Google to basically pick a winner. And so when they have to sort of go between, say, two or three pages of like very similar pieces of content and, and choose which is the best one, which should we be serving to users – that extra, I don't know, that extra effort to make that decision is going to hurt you in the long run. Just make sure it's super clear. You can use redirects or canonical tags, which are kind of more technical terms, but you can use those to set a priority page that will give clear indication to Google, okay, this is the page you want to rank. And now you're setting that page up for success. Got it. Last one, Blake. SEO is a one-time project. It's not. No, it's really not. In last podcast, our last recording, a SEO recording, at least we we talked about SEO, we use an analogy, we use gardening and SEO as they're kind of similar. And I think it's a really powerful analogy. If you think about gardening, there's a lot of inputs, a lot of maintenance. You need to pull some weeds, you need to water your plants, you need to make sure they get sunlight, et cetera, et cetera. SEO is kind of the same way. There's a lot of maintenance, a lot of inputs that need to happen. And then the next year rolls over and you got to pull more weeds and then you got to, you know, clean up the space, you got to prune your bushes, whatever it is. SEO is the same way. It's an ongoing process, a long-term commitment that can have big, big payoff in the end. Awesome. Thanks for your insight, Blake, and I hope this was helpful, squad. Again, send us your questions and sign up for the newsletter at 2100digital.com. Thank you so much for listening. Your support means the world to us and allows us to help more people and grow the community. Please take a minute right now to subscribe and share this wherever you listen to podcasts and sign up for the Profit Squad at joinprofitsquad.com. This will get you insider access, additional tools and swipe files, and help you elevate your marketing game to the next level.